When you order in the McDonald's app, you and three friends could win free McDonald's for life. Choose from daily deals and all new bundles to share. And unlock exclusive merch drops for you and your squad. Ooh. Order each day for more chances to win. Limit one entry per day. Based on two meals a week for 50 years. No purchase necessary. Rules at McDonald'sForLifeSweeps.com ends 12-25-22. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things. Customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21+. plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. to Belly Up Fantasy Live. I'm your host, Chris Pinto. With me, as always, the Belly Up Fantasy crew, Dan, Tom, Houston, and Zach. Gentlemen, we've got a lot to talk about tonight. Our top 10 wide receivers, top 10 tight ends. We're going to highlight five games from this upcoming season for y'all. And at the end of the show, we're going to leak some exclusive information just for y'all supporting us at home and viewing us. Uh, something that we're working on behind the scenes uh, just for y'all and for us too for the upcoming fantasy football season. Uh, but let's get into these five games. Uh, I'll start off. The first game I want to talk about is the opener season or the opener for the season, September 10th, the Houston Texans, my Houston Texans versus the world champion, Kansas city chiefs. It's a rematch guys, uh, from that horrible blow up that the Texans had, uh, this year though, we've got a new mentality, uh, a no problem philosophy, Hakuna Matata, David Johnson, Deshaun Jack or Deshaun Watson and Brandon cooks, uh, our guys are looking good. Don't know if we're going to hold up against the Chiefs. Uh, they're adding some depth. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, great defense. And they're returning like 10 starters to their offense. Uh, it's crazy. Um, I'll move on, though. Dan, I know that you had another... No, I just, I just want to make a quick, quick little comment. Is it really no problems? Are you telling yourself that because you have nothing but problems? Is that what's going on? Yes. I'm pretty sure Houston has nothing but problems. So that game last year, the Texans versus the Chiefs was a microcosm of their front office. Now uh, everything's going great. And then out of nowhere, boom, uh, wind out of the sails, just everything. So yes, uh, I'm telling myself, let's just forget about everything and move on. So I'm going to dub it a no problem philosophy season this year. Uh, YOLO. Let's go Deshaun. Let's go DJ. Let's just, let's get it done guys. Chris is just going to sleep. Listen to the Lion King soundtrack and make himself feel better every night. <laughs> in the the whole season. Every, <laughs> every, every game, every quarter, every play, just what happened? I don't know. Let's just move on. <laughs> <laughs> when Bill Johnson doesn't have a back issue, Brandon yeah. Cooks has concussion issues. We're fine. What are you talking about? I didn't even mention Will Fuller. He's only going to play like the first three quarters of the game. So, <laughs> no, nah, my hamstring again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I, I just had a comment on that real quick. Um, yeah, look, with that game, it's going to be interesting. There's a lot of fantasy things involved, right? But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I, there's going to be a lot of question marks on that one. The, the game I'm most interested in is also week one. And that's going to be, you know, the Browns and the Ravens. And, and that's because I have a lot of questions for that, too. 
uh, frankly, with, with Kevin Stefanski coming in with the Browns, exactly how is that system going to work with all those weapons? Exactly how is a healthy Marquise Brown from out of the get-go, really, and the development of Miles Boykin and uh, Lamar Jackson himself? Is he going to look to run as much as he did last season? I think we're going to find out what he truly wants to do week one, whether that will main team for the season or not. But I have a lot of questions for that game. I don't know if it's going to be a high-scoring game. I don't know if that's going to be like a big fantasy production type of game. But there's going to be a lot of questions. I'm going to be very, very interested to see exactly what happens. So that's kind of my game that I have uh, pinpointed for week one that I'm most looking forward to. I love it. Uh, Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield. I mean, I think it's going to be pretty explosive. Odell Beckham's going to be healthy, hopefully. Uh, him, and, him and Jarvis Landry have been rehabbing. Uh, I think it's going to be pretty good. Tom, I think you had another first week game. I did. I did. Uh, Definitely on the uh, track of probably not the highest scoring in fantasy. Going to be Dolphins at Patriots. Big reason I'm watching this one. I have no idea who's going to start for either one week one at quarterback. Right? I mean, obviously the Dolphins, you have three quarterbacks that could start theoretically. I mean, Josh Rosen, the most unfortunate quarterback of all time. You're a top, you're, you're the 10th draft pick, started, got traded, benched, third stringer. It's just not looking good. Ryan Fitzmagic, you always have to account for him possibly starting. And then, of course, Tua. You know, how can you not take that first round pick and start him at some point? Will it be week one? Maybe, but we have to wait and see. And on the other side of things, the Patriots, I mean, obviously Tom Brady, gone, finally. Uh, you know, is the dynasty over, right? And who do you have there? You have Jared Stidham, who's never started a game. Belichick's got a lot of confidence in the kid. So, I mean, if it's Stidham, how does he play in his first ever game, right? That's going to be, you know, are, are they going to move on from him partway through the season because he sucks in game one or, you know, going on from that? I mean, does Brian Hoyer somehow come into play? Do they trade for somebody? Do they pick up Cam Newton? I mean, there's a lot of options on the table for that game and just at the quarterback position alone, and I just can't wait to see who it's going to be for for both teams. I'm really hoping that somehow they pick up Cam Newton. Uh, I think that would be a pretty cool fit just to watch him there, but if they don't, I really like Stidham just because of the backing that he's gotten from the organization. Uh, the last time they had a big backing like that was Tom Brady, so we don't know what he's going to do. Um, sky's the limit, I guess, right now, right? Hey, he was higher than a sixth-round pick, right? Yeah. <laughs> Houston, you had a game for the fantasy football championships that was pretty juicy, right? Yeah, so where you guys went and picked week one games that usually aren't very high-scoring, teams are trying to get back into it, learn their offense again, get things moving. I decided to take a game a little bit farther down the road, week 16 in the fantasy championships, and uh, I went Chiefs-Falcons. One, Chiefs going to be a high-scoring offense again. Falcons high scoring offense. They did improve on the defense a little bit. Um, their defense has been pretty. Falcons defense has been pretty all right going into the season the last couple of years, but injuries have really riddled them to be a bottom half defense. So uh, week sixteen, people at Patrick Mahomes, Kelsey Hill. Then you're looking over on the Falcons side. You hear more how we like Julio later in our wide receiver rankings. And I this high scoring game, probably over fifty five combined points, maybe even sixty. Just uh be on the lookout. I mean, obviously you shouldn't draft looking forward to week sixteen, but those two teams slated together is gonna be pretty exciting. For sure, I for sure. I think we were talking about Julio possibly getting his fourth two hundred and fifty yard game 
that that week. I mean, Chiefs defense looked pretty good on the back half of 2019, but it'll still be question marks to see how they perform this season defensively. But yeah, I don't think Chiefs brought in any good like good enough corner to be able to cover Julio for. And he likes to light it up. Last uh, last season, 2019, and the last couple years, or last uh, couple games of last season, he had pretty good over 100 receiving yard games. Might be able to hit over 200. We'll just have to see. Probably won't score a touchdown, though. <laughs> That's fair. Okay. That's a we had a running running uh, over-under going this week. How many touchdowns is Julio going to score this year? We need to circle back to that later. Yeah. <laughs> it sucked last year. He had two in week 15, then week 16 comes and doesn't get any. So when you really need it, you didn't have it. That's fair. Real quick, I want to thank Lauren, Courtney, and Hunter for watching us right now and supporting us. Courtney was actually a fantasy football champion last season. Uh, she ran the score up with Dalvin Cook-Tyler Lockett combo. Uh, she's really good. She's like the College Station A&M version of Mina Kimes. So y'all watch out for Courtney and Lauren. Zach, I think you had a turkey game for us, and I think you're rocking one of the hats. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean, I'll raise your Hakuna Matata to an Okuda Matata. Uh, we uh, listen. I'm not going to kid myself and say we have no worries, but if there is one game we look forward to every year, it's this game. The schedule came out. Lions have no uh, primetime games, to my knowledge. Uh, noon game on Thanksgiving. I was at the 2012 game when they played the Texans, lost in OT. Uh, BS call. I think there's a rule change from that game, but anyways, it's kind of a revenge game. I'm not sure if it'll have I don't I'm not sure if it'll have fantasy implications. I don't even know if Stafford will be still healthy by then. But uh, I'm looking forward to it. I want to beat the Texans. Not gonna happen. Yeah, I don't think so, but I want to. <laughs> I mean, they got a pretty good run game. We'll see what DeAndre Swift can do. Um, our defense is kind of kind of soft. We've got some smart corners now these days, but we'll see what can happen. Uh, before we yeah, go into always our- have a chance as long as Bill O'Brien's their head coach. Don't yeah. Worry. Yeah. It hurts. That hurts, Dan. It hurts really. <laughs> before we go to our top 10 wide receivers, guys, uh, I just want to, if y'all like our stream, if y'all are viewing us right now, make sure y'all go to Belly Up Sports and check out the rest of our lineup for Belly Up Sports Talk. Uh, we've got, who is it? We've got around for the weekend we've got a world without sports we've got last minute uh a la- last minute of play hard court honeys and then our own zach mack baby putt putt pass uh he's rocking it out out there make sure y'all go check out the rest of belly up sports lineup uh use the hashtag bust uh let's move into our top 10 wide receivers that's every- that's why we- that's why everyone's watching um at number 10 though we've got a Wiley veteran with a brand new quarterback out of Cincy, uh, AJ Green. Zach, tell us what you got about AJ Green. Yeah, I think, um, you know, obviously he was hurt last year. The Bengals are absolute trash. They, uh, Joe Burrow's on everyone's mind throughout the offseason. They draft Joe Burrow first overall. They also draft T. Higgins, um, first pick in the second round. And I feel like AJ Green kind of just gets forgotten about. And I think he could sneak into the top 10. I mean, he's an elite receiver. I, it's a little bit of, you know, how is it going to work with, you know, Burrow and Higgins there? And there are some question marks, but I, I still think a lot of people could forget about A.J. Green and he could have a big season. 
I agree with you. Uh, I mean, he's he's a monster. He's going to be the number one guy. He's going to do what needs to be done with Joe Burrow. Uh, he's going to give Burrow a big catch radius. I mean, he's going to be able to throw it wherever he can, and he's going to come down with the ball. Um, Dan, your thoughts on A.J. Green? I love him. I've that's been pretty much my mo all season long. He's been my top sleeper guy right now. Is eighty piece about that sixth, seventh round, twelve team leagues, and there's no reason my mind. It, it's it's only your only caveat is injury. That's it. Sure. He fits the system perfectly. He still has all the superstar talent. He hasn't really lost a step. The last time we saw him healthy, he had not lost a step at that point. I think this is a guy who could have definitely played last year, chose not to because of that. Though is going to come into this season probably as healthy as he's been since he was 26, 27 years old. So with that in mind, considering how they're going to attack this, considering that they have a better quarterback in Joe Burrow this season, I love A.J. Green. He is that guy. He is the guy that you can get in the seventh round who very well could be a wide receiver one. I love that we have him uh, number 10 here to make sure people are remembering A.J. Green's name because he's gonna his ADP is going to be no higher than the fifth round by the time August rolls around. That's fair. Hunter Janelle, I hope you heard that. He's your sleeper from Dan Mater. Uh, Dan, keep me going, though. Uh, we got number nine, the Dallas Cowboys wide receiver, Amari Cooper. Uh, what do you think about him? Yeah, I'm glad you gave me this one because there's a narrative out there on Amari Cooper that drives me up a wall, and that's the inconsistent narrative. And I just want to tell everybody, what this is where this is where my show comes into play, right? This is what I'm harp on about all the time is that people not taking in all the variables that need to be taken into consideration. When you look at the Raiders, it was, it was an inconsistent offense. It was inconsistent quarterback play. When you look at the time that he's actually healthy on the Cowboys, and I don't mean just out in the field. I mean actually healthy because a lot of the season last year, especially towards the end, he was out there as nothing more than a decoy. He is consistent every single week. CeeDee Lamb, the addition of him, Michael Gallup coming into his own, this only helps him. He has nothing but one-on-one coverage. He's going to be able to play from the slot. He's going to be an Adam Thielen with athletic ability coming into this offense. Big time on him with Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy this season. This guy has something to prove. He's got his contract now. As long as Dak's going to play, and I think whether they get the contract done with Dak or not, he'll play on his franchise tender. There's no reason in my mind that Amari Cooper can't be a wide receiver one week in and week out. Given that offense, I expect him to put up 30-plus points every single week. I love Amari Cooper, and I think that the narrative on him being inconsistent is going to get put the rest this season. That's fair. I love that about Amari Cooper. I drafted him in our War Room League. Uh, I think he's a wide receiver one as well. I think he's got something to prove, just like you said. Uh, I love me some Amari Cooper out of Bama, baby. Uh, let's move on forward, though, to number eight. And the our consensus number eight, Detroit Lions, Kenny Galladay, a.k.a. Kenny G. Tom, tell us what you got about him. All right, so for the record, I had him at eight. I think that's a good spot for him. I don't know about the rest of you guys exactly where you had him, but honestly, I think it's a good spot. I think his, his ceiling is a lot higher than that. Those four might be lower. The big caveat is going to be quarterback play. Obviously, Matthew Stafford's a stud, and he puts up yards when he's healthy. I mean, that was this problem last year. He didn't play. Stafford was out. But even without Stafford, uh, I mean, 65 receptions, 11 touchdowns last year with David Blau at quarterback, over a 1,000 receiving yards still. I mean, obviously, he's going to be a big target no matter who it is that you know is at quarterback. You think about the other receivers they have, uh, you know, Danny Amendola. Um, not that he's bad, but uh, it's a little past his time in, in New England there. And then uh, Marvin Jones, you know, the competition isn't there on the depth chart for, for Galladay. So 
I think the number eight's a pretty solid spot for him. Again, if Stafford's healthy, ceiling could be higher, but uh, and Chris is gone. Oh man, we almost got there. Try again, Chris. I'm lagging right now, possibly. Try one more time. Say something. Now. Yeah. Now. Yeah, I mean, one thing I want to touch on here while I'm waiting for Chris to catch up. I really like Galladay. I think he's Can y'all pretty, hear me? pretty good uh, wide receiver in Hello. standard leagues. No, no. Um, one thing that concerns about me is he's only had 65 catches in 2019. If you're playing in half point or full point PPR leagues, I just – that doesn't really – I think he needs to have – 85 to maybe 100 catches to qualify as a top 10 wide receiver. So that's just my take. If you're playing in standard leagues, the 11 touchdowns really helps. But Well, he was wide receiver three last year. That That's the whole key, right? The, uh, even even with those less touchdowns. Now, he had 11 touchdowns, I believe it was, and that had, you know, that had a big big role with it. And I agree with you, Houston. If you, if you want to take a guy that you want to take him in that top 10 range where he's going to go in the draft, then you want to make sure you have that concrete at least floor of what kind of catches he's going to get but i would argue the pace that he had before matthew stafford got hurt was on for 80 catches so really his his the case for him to be made to get that number that you're talking about is really you need stafford to stay healthy that's kind of what it boils down to of all the teams that could use a quality backup detroit and that's one of the teams that i really think should be possibly entertaining the idea of cam entertaining an idea of, of guys like that because they need that backup and if they do then an argument can be made that it could be possibly a playoff team uh go ahead zach what do you what do you got on kenny gallaty let's let's hear from you for your boy where in the line yeah, well, i yeah the, the oc changed you know so it's i don't know if it was because you know obviously the fans were in uproar we were sick of the check down the screen game started throwing the ball down the field marvin jones and kenny galladay start going off I think that's the key. If, if the offense stays that way and they keep throwing the ball down the field. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. BetFred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things. Customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the BetFred sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. And Stafford stays healthy, like Dan mentioned. That's a big thing because they don't have a backup right now. So I, I really, I think Dan hit it on the head. I mean, if Stafford stays healthy, they're going to keep throwing the ball down the field. I think, I think Stafford wants to do it. The offense now wants to do it. The fans want to see it. I, it all adds up. It's just if Stafford can stay healthy and do it. Yeah, that's really what it all boils down to. But moving on to our number seven guy, we're sticking with you, Zach. Another G-man wide receiver, Chris Godwin. What do you got for that man? Yeah, so I'm a big Godwin guy. I think uh, on my list, I had him top four. I think he was fourth. Um, did me very well last year. He's not my fancy team last year. Uh, 
Nothing really changes. I mean, you add Tom Brady, nothing scheme-wise. I mean, you add Tom Brady, obviously, um, your quarterbacks, and maybe maybe Tom Brady goes through his reads a little bit different, isn't just slinging Godwin the ball every time like Winston is. But I still think not enough – too many things got better for Tampa and not enough got worse that I don't see – like Bruce Arians uses Chris Godwin so well that I, I just – I only think Godwin goes up from last year, honestly. That's 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 kind of a hot take because he was already a top five wide receiver. For him to go up even further uh, is going to be quite quite it would have to be quite an accomplishment, I think. There, uh, Tom, give me something on on Chris Godwin. You know, honestly, I think that the my biggest fear for Godwin, I think that you know Zach really hit it on the head. My biggest fear is that Jameis Winston obviously has a big arm, put up was at five thousand plus passing yards last year. He was able to throw the ball deep to Godwin. He's a speed guy. So, I mean, Brady, well, he can put the ball accurately, and he can put it downfield. He can't sling it downfield the same way Jameis Winston can. So, you know, is he going to get deep balls like he might have last year? Maybe not. But it is Tom Brady you can't, you know, take away from uh, from his ability. So I think that having a smart coach, Tom Brady, in there, he's still going to get touches. He's still going to get yards. He's still going to get touchdowns. I, I think his floor is very high. His ceiling might be limited right now, though. Well, it was more Mike Evans who actually got the deep balls last year. Chris Godwin kind of operated in that 5 to 15 range. And with Mike Evans, I think that becomes more of the question with his deep ball ability. Houston, what do you have for us on Mike Evans, who is our consensus number six at the moment? Yeah, I think this is one of the most interesting debates in fantasy football between Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. I kind of lean here and there, but uh, of course, QB, uh, an overall QB, uh, increase at the position of course Tom Brady over James Winston who wouldn't do that you know fantasy implications of course who knows that's I think that's still up in question for me maybe we can solve that here today but uh Mike Evans he's just been consistent he's had six straight thousand yard seasons played with Mike Glennon um James Winston Ryan Fitzpatrick Josh McCown he d- Tom Brady is the best quarterback that he's ever had and he's been He's been a fantasy productive wide receiver, regardless of who his quarterback is. I don't like the narrative that people play with. Uh, well, Chris Godwin's a lot younger than Mike Evans. Chris Godwin's 24. Mike Evans is only 26. I know he's had six seasons in the NFL, and Godwin's only had two. But they act like it's 30 and 23. I mean, it's their age difference isn't that big to me. Only two years. Um, I think Brady's arm isn't too shot. I mean... When Julian Edelman's your best wide receiver and he operates out of the slot, he's not making many deep down the throw, deep down the field passes. Now that he had Gronk in New England and now in Tampa Bay, he's kind of a little bit more vertical stretcher in my eyes with Tom Brady. But yeah, Mike Evans, I think people need need to also remember that I don't think he's just a deep ball receiver. Yes, um, that's what he's been good at, but that's kind of how the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Jameis Winston always like to operate. Yeah, look, we have them neck and neck. I believe they should be neck and neck. Look, this is kind of a tricky situation because the argument is which one's better than the other one, but both of them are probably going to finish in the top 10. To me, the real argument that needs to be had is 
are these guys going to be guys that you want on a weekly basis? Chris Godwin was pretty consistent last year, but with the both of them, there's going to be times where one is is going to have their week and the other one's not going to do that much. Mike Evans was the guy who's probably the odd man out more times than not because it took him till about week five, week six before he was really heavily involved in any kind of way. So that that's to me is more of the question. They're going to finish in the top ten. It's how consistent going to be the week to week basis. Do you really want to deal with that in your fantasy drafts? Being that you're going to have to take these both of these guys in the second round, most likely in order to have either one of them. But moving on from the Tampa Bay situation, which we know is we're going to talk about a lot because it's going to be highly productive. Tom DeAndre Hopkins going to Arizona, going to be the number one for a different quarterback, another mobile quarterback, going into a system that likes to spread the ball out and get four receivers involved. What do you think DeAndre Hopkins is going to be able to do this season in that new system? You know, I think that's a good question. Um, like you said, they do spread the ball. They have a lot of weapons there, a lot healthier than the weapons that they had in Houston. Sorry, Chris. Um, you know, it's it's yet to be seen, you know, what's he going to be like with, um, you know, with Kyler Murray down there. Um, I mean, it's tough to debate DeAndre Hopkins' talent, though. Right. Out of the last five years, he had over 100 deceptions, uh, three of those five years. Right. Um, I mean, a thousand yards for the last five. He's a monster. It's tough for anybody in the league to cover him. It's he's, uh, you know, I think most people would agree he's a top two receiver, maybe the best receiver. Depends on who you ask talent wise. Um, But from fantasy implications, going to a new team that spreads the ball that much, it's it's going to be tough to say exactly if he's is he going to break that hundred reception mark um yeah i think he'll get a thousand yards but ppr league like you guys were saying earlier could be a little questionable he might start sliding down from where you expect him to be yeah i kind of agree with that sentiment i don't know if you're really looking at a guy who's definitely guaranteed 100 receptions this season the cardinals are a tricky situation are we going to see the cardinals in the beginning of the year which wanted to spread the ball out and go four wide come hell or high water or are we going to see a team at the end of the year that went a lot of 12-man packages, went a lot of two tight end sets, focused a little bit more on the running game? That's going to be the question mark. If you mix the two together, I don't see DeAndre Hopkins getting over that triple-digit mark when it comes to receptions. I think you're talking about a guy who might be more in the 80-catch range. Does that make him finish as a wide receiver one? But top five might be a little dicey, I think. Moving on, Houston Tyreek Hill. This is a guy, this is the guy... I shouldn't say the guy because there's one other guy I have in mind who maybe, but this is one of the two guys that I think could could usurp Michael Thomas as a number one wide receiver because of that offense. What do you have for Tyree Kill on us? Yeah, and that was just how I was going to open up this conversation here. Hill does have the potential with his deep ball and playing with the best quarterback in the league to surpass Michael Thomas as the number one fantasy wide receiver. Um, PPR leagues, he. Week to week, he's not the most consistent with uh, the amount of catches he gets. But at any point of the game, he could have a 70-yard touchdown. And it's not like he's just running down the sideline getting touchdowns. He can go up in the middle of the field over safety and bring it down, which is crazy for the stature that he has and the type of wide receiver he is. Um, when when you play with the number one quarterback in the league, best pure passer in the league, Patrick Mahomes, you're going to be a good fantasy wide receiver. One thing I like that the Chiefs did, um, they didn't really go out and improve their wide receivers. They felt kind of comfortable where they are. I hate Sammy Watkins. I don't know why they're not trying to move on to there. They have Mikkel Hardman. I think he'll have a pretty good uh, 2020 season. And then Kelsey, of course. But they just they didn't want to improve in their receiving game. Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes felt pretty comfortable. And Hill has the 
all the things in front of him to be a top fantasy wide receiver in 2020. And the big thing is he doesn't have the offseason issues, right? I mean, I don't know if uh, Chris, who has possibly the ability to speak at this moment, wants to add anything. Can you all hear me? Yeah. Oh, my God. This is crazy. College Station. All right. Giga Maggies. <laughs> Just like our streets, our internet is not very good. <laughs> that's, a great, that's a great sell for the college, by the way. I, hope, I want them to blast that on a billboard somewhere. Come here. Internet and streets Zuck, come to Texas A&M. Go ahead. Look, I'm just telling y'all, when I came to tour the campus in 2006, um, Texas was our main road that comes into town, and everyone that comes to A&M knows this. Uh, it was a two-way road. It took them five years to get a two-way road to four. Uh, it's it's crazy. Uh, Aggie engineering, baby. It's, it's what we call it. We're prided on it. And our architecture building is probably the ugliest building on campus. So that's cool. Sounds like Texas. <laughs> sounds like Chris Texas does not want to be actually their spokesman. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> oh, no. I would love to be A&M spokesman. My wife works sure for the university. <laughs> My wife works for the university. And uh, we love A&M. We love everything about them. Um, so, yeah. All right. Um, well, getting back on track. Talk about Christian Kirk. Sort of, kind of, Christian Kirk. What are we talking about Christian Kirk? Christian Kirk's the wide receiver 30. We're talking about the top 10, Chris. Get on the same page. What are we doing? Chris is trying to trade me for him. That's what's happening. Ah, a little insider on the Dynasty yeah. League. Oh. Yeah, good luck I got to have him. I got to have him. I don't have a wide receiver that tickles my fancy. So I got some running backs, Tom, and you're kind of weak at running back. I made you an offer. You said you want more. <laughs> Tom, just tell him to give you the one-on-one of not, not, not anything else anything else off the table. Anyway, yeah, look, our number three guy, Devontae Adams, That was that's the other guy that I have could possibly usurp Michael Thomas. He was my number one wide receiver going into last year because it's kind of similar to Michael Thomas for the same reason. He's just set up in a situation where you might get 90% of the wide receiver targets for the team, plain and simple. Alan Lazard, Devin Funches, Joe Schmo off the street, whoever they want to stick at what number wide receiver, number two, doesn't matter. Devontae Adams is the guy who's going to have to get targeted on a regular basis, argue can made even more so this year. Had he not gotten hurt last year, he would have come to 175 targets. He only been five targets off of Michael Thomas last year had he not been injured. So we're talking about a guy who has that volume. We've seen what he's able to do when he produces. They're in a situation where... The defense fell off. They went 13-3, and three, so that's what everybody tries to harp on. But the realness is that defense fell off towards the end of last season. Does that continue? That's going to be the question mark, I think, especially towards the beginning of the year. I think the Vikings got better. I think Detroit got better. I think you're going to see some certain things like that where they're going to have to put up more points than they originally did. And Devontae Adams might be that 100-yard, one-touchdown-a-week machine that we saw in Michael Thomas' a season ago. Uh, Zach, I'm going to go to division rival here. Zach attack. You, what do you got on Devonte? Yeah. So I had him at two. I also, I flip flopped him a couple times before I submitted my list. I had him at one a couple times, honestly. Um, pretty much for every reason you just said, he's, he's the target there. I, you mentioned Alan Lazard. It looked like Aaron Rodgers liked Lazard for maybe a week and a half last year, but that was like about it. And it was, you know, Adams was hurt. So, I, I think you're right. I think you get a monster amount of targets and it's can he stay healthy and can you're right though. I think 
the division got better overall. So it, it that's why it's so it's so tough for me. Like I had him one, two, I dropped him three at one point, had him back at one. It's it's tough, but I agree with you. I think he could potentially get number one. Yeah, that that's how I've been looking at it the whole way. You're looking at guys who who can out-target Michael Thomas? And now that as Emmanuel Sanders, an argument can be made that he's not only going to see regression because 180 targets is hard to duplicate to begin with, but also because he's going to actually have to share it a little bit more. Houston, Julio Jones, number two. Tell me why, or tell me why not. Yeah, so uh, besides Julio Jones not being able to score in the touchdown, and which is kind of hard because he gets double coverage, triple coverage every time they enter the red zone. Their running game's never been that good to take their eyes off the backfield. Or they're always looking at Julio. But uh, my uh, story for Julio is a little bit different here. And I think it's more the approach of the NFC South and Hull. Um, every team in the NFC South got better. Uh, Panthers got Teddy Bridgewater. Bucks got uh, Tom Brady. And Saints added Emmanuel Sanders. Kind of stayed about the same. Alvin Kamara's back, fully healthy. You know, I really don't expect an NFC South divisional game not to be in the over-under 55 points. I think every game is going to be over 55 points. Um, I've always kind of targeted the NFC South for my fantasy players because I think it's the best fantasy division in the league. Um, Just tons of wide receiver talent. And the corners there are not good. Um, Panthers corners, I can't even name one. They lost James Bradbury. He left. I think they had like – one guy in the seventh round, and they're all undrafted free agents for the rest of their corners. It's just their secondary is not good. Um, and they'll just have to continue to score um, a lot of points, Falcons to win games. I would love to see Julio maybe grab 10 scores, maybe go out. I don't know how many more years he has in him, but he's getting to the end of his career. I believe I can fly. No, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, vacated targets with Hooper out now, but uh. I think Ridley takes the next step. Julio takes another step forward. Real possibility to have 1,500 receiving yards. And if he can get a little bit more touchdowns, that'd be perfect. He should. He, it's, it's always been an oxymoron with Julio Jones. It makes absolutely no sense why this man doesn't get more touchdowns. So I'm, I'm with you, Houston. On paper, he, I mean, this is a guy who should be averaging 10 touchdowns. It's, it's never, never, ever, ever made any sense. But Chris, do you have any retort to that because i saw you shaking all about down there in the bottom left the sec baby it just means more Uh, i love julio jones i had him number one overall over all you guys who had michael thomas number one Uh, i get it julio's a little old uh but we're talking season-long redraft leagues baby i think he's number one um he's gonna go out on top like houston was kind of mentioning i think he's probably got one maybe two seasons left He's going to go out when probably Matt Ryan goes out, but they do have Todd Gurley now, who is definitely a bigger threat than Devontae Freeman, uh, who couldn't get anything done last season, regardless if it was the offensive line or just him. Um, Bet Fred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. I think Julio Jones is going to be the number one guy this season. Uh, I think we were kind of talking behind the scenes about this, about making a little 
prop bet or something like that for this entire season. Uh, I'm going to say Julio Jones is going to be a better wide receiver fantasy wise than Michael Thomas. Uh, do y'all want to take me on that bet? And what would we, what will we even bet? Well, we're going to get to that. We're going to, we're going to figure that all out. We're going to come up with come some kind of show like bet that we're going to do throughout the season. So we're going to give us a little right. bit of time on that. But first Tom, Zach, Houston, I need the three of you to remind me never go to Chris again when it's a guy from the SEC because I don't I don't want to hear it again. I totally forgot that was totally my bad. Just make sure next time you guys remind me when that comes up again, so that way we don't have to hear from Mr. SEC himself. Third show and what the fortieth time? That, you guys have to remind me of that. All right, I've been drinking a lot of beer all night long. It's it's a little <laughs> difficult to always remember exactly. And it's like uh, as soon as he said it, I was like, crap! I went to him again. My bad. Uh, Zach, uh, Tom, do you guys have anything you want to add to Julio being number two? I'll let Tom take this. I'm pretty sure we're on the same page. but I mean, Zach and I were talking about this. Like we mentioned earlier, we were talking about the over-under, and we'll get into that betting later. But we had an over-under seven touchdowns, right? The guy has scored less than seven touchdowns five times in his career, over seven touchdowns four times in his career. And when it's under, it is under. He's two, three, four touchdowns a year. It's pretty bad. And when he's over, it's eight touchdowns. I mean, the guy can't score. I don't know why. I don't get it. You nailed it on the head. He should have 10, 12 touchdowns a year. He's got 1,400 yards a year a couple times. It's With the number of touches he gets and how skilled he is, I, for the love of God, cannot figure out why he doesn't do it. I will say, best tackling wide receiver out there, though. <laughs> 110%. Probably the most monstrous wide receiver out there outside of DK Metcalf. Number one, of course... You know, just like the running back position, Chris McCaffrey's like the undisputed number one. Michael Thomas has to be the undisputed number one. Chris, we're not going to go to you. So just you can stop gyrating <laughs> down there. Houston, Michael Thomas, number one. Tell us why he could possibly repeat again. Yeah, I mean, very much possible. I mean, he's playing with Drew Brees. Drew Brees loves to target him. And you don't even need Drew Brees. Even with Teddy Bridgewater, he had pretty good stats last year. The thing is, he's not like over the top great wide receiver. He just runs good routes. Good body frame, good soft hands. You can go up in the red zone and catch it. Um, I mean, there. I think Julio is a better all-around receiver than Michael Thomas, of course. But when you play in that uh, offense with Drew Brees, you're going to be targeted a lot. And just back to the narrative, playing in the NFC South, they're going to play the Panthers twice a year. They're going to play uh, the Buccaneers. I think those are going to be pretty, pretty good games there. Really a lot of fantasy points scored. And Michael Thomas, I don't think he'll – uh, be as productive as he was last year, but I just can't see uh, anybody taking him off the pedestal here. Zach, anything to add? I just think I, on belly of sound off uh, last year, I said Michael Thomas would be top two uh, because Drew Brees is getting older. And, you know, when you get older, you lean on a lot of experience. And when you're experienced, you want route runners. And Michael Thomas is a great route runner. So, there's that chemistry between Michael Thomas and Drew Brees that I just think Drew Brees has 100% trusted. He knows if he throws the ball, Thomas is going to be there. And I don't think he's going to have any doubt whatsoever trying to lower targets to Michael Thomas. And for me, that's why I know I talked about Devontae Adams earlier, but that's ultimately why I put Thomas over Adams. I think if maybe Drew Brees wasn't the quarterback situation in New Orleans, I probably would have put Adams first, but just the chemistry – chemistry between Breeze and Thomas to me is enough to put Thomas at one. 
Yeah, it's it's too many targets to ignore heading into next season. That's ultimately what it comes down to. Uh, before we transition over to tight ends, I want to give everybody like a little little sneak peek behind the scenes here for the show. Chris is supposed to be the host of this show. Just just FYI, but because he has no internet ever, I wind up having to take over. Now I'm going to try to pass this along to Chris to let him actually host the tight end section of the show. We'll see if we can get five minutes in before I have to take back over. But go ahead, Chris, <laughs> lead us into the tight ends. Well, before we go into the tight ends, I want to give uh, a pretty big special shout out to two podcasts that I've been watching lately. Uh, the Good Old Boys podcast, and then also Benchwarmers and Burners. Uh, both of these guys have been doing great things. Uh, AEKDB to both of those podcasts. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I love you guys. Thanks for supporting the show. Uh, but let's move on to our tight ends now, our top 10 tight ends. We've got number 10. A brand new guy to the system, but we got him in our top 10. Falcons tight end, Hayden Hurst. Uh, Dan, tell us why he makes our top 10. I didn't even have him in my top 10, so tell me why I should. Well, I'll tell you why I should. I had him in my top 10 without doubt. Look, he's not the most explosive guy. He's not the guy who's going to take off the top going down the seam. But neither was Austin Hooper. And as far as an athletic ability goes, Hayden Hurst and Austin Hooper are very, 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 very similar when you look at their numbers from the scouting combine when both of them went through that. Hayden Hurst is a first-round talent. He's an all-around tight end. He's going to be on the field 24-7 for the Atlanta Falcons, especially helping out that offensive line whenever he can. That means he's going to be in goal line situations. It means he's going to be available for the red zone. So we know Julio Jones doesn't, ca- doesn't catch touchdowns, so somebody has to. And if it's not going to be Ridley, it's most likely going to be Hayden Hurst. He's a guy that right now uh, we have in the top 10. Not too many other people do. He is somebody you're going to be able to get him in the teens, and he's going to be able to give you tight end one production on a week-in, week-out basis. I love him a lot. I thought it was smart for him to make that trade uh, and be able to fill in right away. He's the perfect replacement for him, and I think he's going to give you a lot for what they're looking for. That's fair. I think uh, Hayden Hurst was picked up really late in our Dynasty League. But let's move on forward to number nine, the Rams tight end, Tyler Higby. I mean, he showed out pretty well until he had that injury and then Gerald Everett came in. Uh, Zach, give us a brief rundown of Tyler Higby. Yeah, you touched on it. I mean, he's. I'm glad we have him like nine, ten. He's a bubble guy, I think, you know, with the injuries he had uh what he played in five games last year I think he had over 500 receiving yards so I there's a chance that he goes up there's I mean there's a chance that he doesn't get involved I I I really don't know um I had him 10 so I had him right on the bubble I think that uh I think Jared Goff's gonna like him as a target I just don't know I don't know how much I mean, I'll I'll comment on that real quick just because I literally just did this in my show earlier this afternoon talking about the Rams and uh, their offense coordinator position and what we're going to be seeing out of them. Because they moved on from Brandon Cooks and they wound up taking Van Jefferson, who's more of a Cooper Cup type of wide receiver, it's, it's pretty clear to me they're looking to go 12-man personnel. It's pretty clear to me that Sean McVay, I think to some degree at least, wants to copy the Kyle Shanahan system. And because of that, you're going to see them in a situation where Tyler Higby is going to be utilized like a George Kittle. Gerald Everett's going to be that second tight end, be that Irv Smith type, if you will, who will be utilized in the passing game, but it's not going to be on the field all the time, the way Tyler Higby's going to be. 
And a lot of people want to talk about last year, Joe Everett getting hurt. When Joe Everett came back from his injury, his job was usurped. He did not take back over. Tyler Higby was the guy from then on. I see no reason why it's not going to be again this season. And I think the tight ends are going to be featured going into this year more so than we ever seen the Rams Rams do. That's fair. Sean McVay does like Gerald Everett. He drafted him, was his first overall, or Sean McVay's first overall pick in his draft. So we know they do like the 12 personnel. They like tight ends. Uh, Houston, the WWE 24-7 champ, Rob Gronkowski, makes our number eight position. Uh, You are a little higher than that, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. But tell me why Gronk makes our top ten. Yeah, so I, I still think there's quite a few question marks about Gronk. I mean, his playing shape. I know Dan thinks he's in a little better better playing shape. He took a year off, which was great. Anytime you take a year off of getting beat up by grown men, of course you're going to feel a little bit better. Um, his his playing weight will come back. It, as a professional athlete, to get gain that back isn't hard. I mean, they're professionals. Um it will, being back with Brady is a good thing for him. I just I don't know if he'll get the most receptions because he is playing with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. I like Tyler Johnson there. Uh, I know Dan and myself both like Keyshawn Vaughn. Uh, so they're going to be a pretty well-balanced offense, with especially if people think that Tom Brady's not the gunslinger that he used to be. One thing I do think uh, Gronk uh, will excel in is uh, touchdowns. He's going to be a touchdown uh, target for them. He's going to be used heavily in the red zone, and um, I just think uh, that's the brightest spot of his game. I don't know. I don't think I had him very high on my list. I don't remember, but I, there's a lot. I'd rather have Higby and Hurst over Gronk, to be honest with you. I just think they garner more receptions and have greater uh, possibility than Gronk, but I'll bounce it off to one of you guys that have a little bit higher expectations for Gronk. Well, real quick, uh your rankings got Gronk a little higher than Hurst and Higby. Gronk is actually number eight for you. Regardless of that, I think he is going to be a big red zone target, like you were saying. Uh, a little stat that we had last week, I guess, when we were talking about Gronk, was Brady had like 10 receptions from 10 yards or 20 yards out. When Gronk was playing, he had 22. I think he's going to be a big-time red zone target for them. Uh, Tom, tell me about, though, Hunter Henry – I had him on my fantasy football team last season. Uh, he did great with Phillip Rivers, but this season he's going to have two new quarterbacks. Yeah, honestly, I had him higher. I had him at number five. Um, I think that's a stretch for a lot of people. Um, I, honestly, it's just based on what I've seen from him when he's healthy. That's going to be the biggest question. He's been injured pretty much every year. Um Sorry, I'm losing it over Dan's comments over here about his uh, his candy thong. <laughs> Taste the rainbow, guys. Taste the rainbow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, I think that if Hayden or excuse me, if Hunter Henry has a, a full healthy year, it's going to be monstrous for him. He's hit had about 500 yards a year over the last couple of years with injuries every year. Um, I mean, Tyrod Taylor, Justin Herbert, either one that starts. Uh, I mean, Tyrod obviously has some experience, but he's not great. Um, Herbert, new quarterback to the team, new quarterback to the NFL. I can see him relying on a tight end, especially a good one as a safety valve, just as a, a big target for him to hit, you know, five, 10 yards downfield. So I can see him getting some pretty significant receptions just based on that alone. That's fair. I really am a big fan of Hunter Henry. Houston, though, 
Give me your take on Giants tight end Evan Ingram. I mean, dude cannot stay healthy. The organization has brought in. Gone. The organization has brought in. I don't know where he was going with that, honestly. <laughs> <Yeah>. But <laughs> Pat Shermer, maybe. Probably. Uh, oh, Jason, uh, Jason Garrett. New, new <laughs> it had to be Jason Garrett. That's the only thing that would make any sense that he was going with that because he does have the what the history of going with uh, Jason Witten and featuring him in the offense. But Houston, what do you have for uh, Evan Ingram as we try to get Chris back? Yeah, I mean, the one thing you got to touch on when you go with Evan Ingram is he has, he is he is uh, injury riddled. I don't think he played 2018, missed a lot of games in 2019. Um, it brought in new quarterback Daniel. Daniel Dimes, Daniel Jones there. Um, I think the kid has promise. I really do. And if Evan Ingram comes into the uh, 2020 season fully healthy, I think he is the best uh, receiving target on the Giants behind Barkley. But why throw it Why throw it to your powerhouse back out of the backfield? That doesn't make much sense. But um, I do like what the Giants are doing, the Garrett uh, – Garrett Hire is a little bit questionable. I know Chris probably likes that a little bit more than me. But uh, Ingram, I think he has all the talent in the world to be a top five fantasy tight end, and I think he has a good situation. But the his current draft position is a little, a little bit too sweet for me because of his injury concerns. I've always been kind of a guy that will go late-round tight end. Last year I went Mark Andrews. I just think there's a greater chance of hitting on a late-round tight end than to spend up for someone like Evan Ingram that has those injury concerns. That's fair. I uh, I got Darren Waller last year, and I think it was like the 11th round. I really liked it. He d- ended up pretty well for me. Speaking of Darren Waller, though, my boy, the Walrus, baby. Zach, tell me about what you got on the Walrus, a.k.a. Darren Waller, the baller, hard knocks favorite. Yeah, he did. You mentioned he – I think he finished fourth or something like that last mm-hmm. year. Uh, Over 1,000 yards. <laughs> yeah. Dan touched on it a little bit earlier. The Raiders were very weird last year when he, I mean, when he, when he talked about Cooper, Waller was pretty much the only receiving target after Cooper was gone. So it's understandable why he finished where he finished this year. I, I dropped him a little bit in my standings because I'm just, they picked up some targets in the draft. Um, obviously rugs in the first round. So, you know, is it going to stay the same? I'm not sure. That's why I dropped him. I don't maybe somebody who's has a little more information on Waller and can explain, you know, why he should be higher, but for that reason I had him a little bit lower on my list. Yeah, I mean I'll I'll kind of touch on with this uh Zach and I know yes for someone to talk about him a little bit higher, but I think there's nothing wrong with putting him a little bit lower. Like you said the Raiders went out, they got Rugs, Brian Edwards, um Lim Bowden. Yeah. Don't forget about him. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I don't know. I just Derek Carr, he made Jared Cook a fantasy relevant tight end the year before. Derek Carr likes to target the tight end, but I think there'll be a little bit more run first approach on that offense. I just I just can't see Waller finishing as high as he did last year. He just uh, was super efficient. I just think they brought in lots of wide receiver talent around him that the offense will balance out a little bit more. So I agree with everything you're saying. Maybe someone else has a little bit higher take, but I figured I'd give you my two cents there. Obviously, I have probably the highest take on Darren Waller. I think I've got a man crush on the guy. Uh, Everyone knows Gruden's offense runs through the tight end. He's said that multiple, multiple times. Uh, Every time 
if it's a pass, they're looking at the tight end. Now, you did mention Lynn, Bow- Lynn Bowden Jr., old boys, quarterback, wide receiver, running back, tight end. He can do it all. Uh, who knows what he's going to do? Mike Mayock has said that he's going to start his career as a running back. Now, is that going to be a true running back and even a Josh Jacobs, or is it going to be a wildcat running back uh, and just take over Derek Carr's position? Who knows? We don't know. Um, I am very high on Darren Waller, though. But let's just keep on moving forward, though. And Dan, I think Houston mentioned Ravens wide receiver, or I'm sorry, Ravens tight end Mark Andrews. You had him pretty high. I think you had him number four, number three. Uh, Tell me about Mark Andrews. Yeah, I had him at uh, number three. It's time for... Zach Ertz is going to take a little bit of a step back. I think we're going to see a little bit more of Dallas Goddard, which is why I have Mark Andrews coming in at number three. Uh, with no Hayden Hurst, the only thing that people were a little bit concerned about when it came to Mark Andrews last season was the fact that he wasn't on the field all the time. He was on the field whenever they tried to pass the ball, but he wasn't on the field all the time. And that's what people were a little bit concerned about. That's not going to be as much of the issue. We're going to see Nick Boyle still kind of be like their blocker tight end, but Mark Andrews is going to have to, by default, be on the field a little bit more now that Hayden Hurst is gone. And that only adds to it. He's still going to be their number one red zone threat. He's still the biggest guy out there. Uh, there's already a rapport between him and Lamar Jackson, so I'm not really worried about even if Miles Boykin was able to take a step up this year, it's not really going to equate into Mark Andrews losing touchdowns. And if anything, I could easily see Mark Andrews adding on an extra 10 receptions this season at, at least. Uh, I haven't gone through all my numbers yet, but I think we are going to try to trade, uh, try to look for him in that sense. So uh, Mark Andrews, we're going to see him. We're going to see him really, really high this year. The only thing that I would be a little bit concerned about is that I'm not quite ready to take him in that third round role, which you're going to see like Travis Kelsey and George Kittle, they them kind of go. I'm not quite ready to take him there because he's still not at a point where I feel super confident that we're looking at 85 catches or like borderline wide receiver one numbers, which is what George Kittle and Travis Kelsey can get you with why you take them as high as you do. I, I don't know if we're quite there, but I think you might have to go that high if you want to get them. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, Lamar Jackson's going to have to throw his Jackson 5 narrative touchdowns to somebody out there. Devin DuVernay, Mark Andrews is probably his favorite target close to the line. Um, who knows what's going to happen? Uh, number yeah, three, hey, though, uh, real quick here. I don't think people understand this, but uh, Mark Andrews was actually third in uh, total snaps out of all the tight ends on the roster last year. Right. Uh, exactly. Hayden Hurst and Boyle both played higher percentage of snaps than him. He's just going to be on the field more. He's pretty banged up in 2019 and still performed greatly. So I think he's in it in for a great 2020 season. For sure. For sure. I totally agree with that. Uh, Zach, let's talk about your Eagles though. Zach Ertz. You mean Tom? Tom, I'm sorry. Tom, yeah. the Eagles fan. Got Zach Warren, Detroit Lions fan. Yeah. Talk about the fake being Eagles fans. So good. <laughs> I'm like, let's talk about your Philadelphia Eagles, you Detroit Lions fan. I'm looking, I don't know. I'm looking right at Tom, and I'm like, Zach, what's going on, man? Because his name is Zach Ernst. He was like, Zach must be a fan of Zach. No? That, that's, yeah, that's, well, the <laughs> that's, um, that's, that's the thing. Oddly enough, Dan, you probably are going to be surprised out, out of uh, everyone here. I had Zach Ertz lower. I did not have him at three. I had him at four, which even I think he could drop below that. Um, I love Ertz. He's a great tight end. Ability-wise, top three. I, you know, I don't think that that's necessarily an argument, but fantasy-wise, I'm just waiting for the drop-off here. You know, 
you finally started to theoretically add some weapons out there. Wentz does spread the ball a lot. Um, Goddard's come into his own over the last year. He's not going to get his hundred, you know, receptions. I don't think this year, um, you know, 75 sure. But um, it, it, I think it's going to start to become tougher and tougher to keep him in that top three year by year here as Goddard comes into his own, even with a 12 man set because Ertz has always been that number one guy, he's going to get the coverage of the number one guy. Well, I think this is the last possible year because what we what we don't know is that Dallas Goddard might be on that cusp of taking over the job. I think this is the last possible year Zach Ertz may even have to really be the number one tight end on the Philadelphia Eagles. So that's going to be a question there. Tom, if you can hear us, you're completely frozen with your pucker pucker kiss face. Uh, not sure what's going on there, but uh, if you can hear us drop out, come back in, please, so we can finish out the show with you. <laughs> At least it's not me, but that's a good picture, Tom. <laughs> looks like, like a straight pedophile with glasses. <laughs> Somebody clip that. I mean... <laughs> yeah, we're we're gonna have to replay that that clip right there alone. I know what's gonna be my profile picture on our <laughs> dynasty league this year. I don't I don't know whether just to kick out his picture and try to let him back in or just keep no, it there while he go. left. He left anyway. He left anyway. <laughs> let's move on. Let's move on to our top two. I mean, obviously, it's everyone's consensus top two: Kittle, Kelsey. Obviously, we had Kittle at number two, George Kittle. Uh, for the 49ers. Dan, I know that's your hometown team. You love them for some reason. So why is Kittle number two instead of one? Wait, did you just say for some reason? <laughs> They're your hometown team, but for some reason. Well, they, you, I don't, if I was a Seattle Seahawks fan, there's plenty of reason to like George Kittle. What are we talking about here? Yeah, it's just a little like a like a little dig type thing. I don't know. <laughs> but you stay over there with your Brandon Cooks concussion injuries, your, your kumbaya, your kudumatata, no worries issues over there, and leave it to the guy who actually doesn't have that many things to worry about. Look. Yeah, George Kittle is awesome. George Kittle, from a, I think, a physical standpoint, because of how well he can block, is the closest thing we've, we've seen to Gronk, right? Because Travis Kelsey's still more of a pass catcher guy. He's an adequate blocker, but he's, he's not. George Kittle's that all-around guy. I think the only thing holding back George Kittle is, is, is the mixture of Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Does, does Kyle Shanahan let Garoppolo just wing it? Does he let him be more than a game manager? And I've been big harping on this that I think he will because I've been big on this that Jimmy Garoppolo is not a game manager. He was a guy coming off of his first year from his ACL surgery. I think you're going to see a more confident guy in the pocket and a guy who's willing to stand in there and make some bigger down the field throws. When he did that, it would go to George Kittle. He's the one who took over that Saints game. He's the guy who was the big threat. He is the big mismatch. So there's no reason to me why George can't continue to be a superstar and it's just you know to me it's him and travis kelsey they're just there's in a tier by themselves 100 percent agree with that i mean kittle is we're having a monsoon here internet decided to cut out for me tom did you do a wardrobe change too or am i just did i not realize you were wearing all that no, I've been wearing this the whole time. Chris can't I love actually the see the, uh, all of us. He just, he's there, yeah. but he can't actually see us. Yeah, It's like I'm in the Matrix, so it's what I live in, what I live for. Uh, I don't sleep. I just live in the Matrix, so. Who is up, anyway? Tom? I, well, I got, I got a question, I guess. So, Dan, I, I guess I'll turn to you first, but anyone can answer. Uh, 
we're saying, and I agree with you, Kittle and Kelsey are in a league of their own as far as tiers go. Why is it that at most people are putting Kelsey above Kittle? Patrick Mahomes. Uh, it's Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. That's what it boils down to. You have a much more wide-open offense. You have an offense that's built around the pass first, where San Francisco is built around the run first. I mean, that's really all it boils down to. From a talent perspective, I don't, I don't know that there's a difference. I really don't. I think they're both hard-nosed players. They love to get the ball. They want to be featured. Uh, we've seen Kelsey get in the faces of referees, defensive backs. Uh, he's got a little bit more fire. Not that Kelsey doesn't, or I'm sorry, not that Kittle doesn't, but I've just seen more out of Kittle, or I'm sorry, more out of Kelsey than Kittle. I'd argue the opposite, actually, on that one. I mean, Kittle is a monster. I don't know if you guys all saw the video of him run blocking last year at the goal line, absolutely pancaking somebody, rolling over them, and just was laughing his ass off as soon as you could see his face. I mean, the guy's a maniac, right? But, I mean, I think Dan nailed it. I think the only discernible factor between the two when it comes to fantasy is Patrick Mahomes. And that's – I think that if you had anybody on the field, whether it's running back, receiver, tight end, and the only difference is what team they're playing on, if you're playing with Patrick Mahomes, you will have the edge. I think a big, yeah, thing, I think a big thing for Kelsey is his consistency week to week. He was pretty poor in the touchdown category last year, and that might be because Mahomes got injured. And Mahomes, I'm obviously playing with a backup quarterback. When you have an offense that's that high-powered, um, of course your numbers are going to take a hit. Kelsey only scored five touchdowns in 2019. I would have to – in 2018 he scored 10, so I think he's going to be a lot closer to that number. I think he scores double-digit touchdowns in 2020. I like Kittle, but I think the Niners are a little – a little bit too uh, run-first approach for him to be the number one tight end. I think Kelsey is cut and clear the number one here. I just think he garners more targets, and uh, he's used going to be used more in the red zone. I think once they get down there, Kittle's a great run blocker. Kittle is the best tight end in the league, non-fantasy-wise. I mean, to have a guy that can run block just like a guard or a tackle really could and then go out and catch passes, he's, like you said, I think his demeanor is great, and he's, all firepower he wants to kick everybody's butt so i think the biggest question we all have in our minds right now is houston what kind of dog do you have i know i try to shut him up i actually have <laughs> uh, i have two german shepherds but i told him keep him on the uh kennel for now but mom never listens so <laughs> that's the ah, perks of love. being that's the perks <laughs> of uh being 20 and living with mom still while you're in college but so are you in the basement, or do you still have a room upstairs? No, I still have a pretty big basement. I'm actually in the storage room here. I just uh, it's got a good, nice wall, white wall in the back. <laughs> got Me a too. Big Me too. Actually, <laughs> so. I think anything with the white wall is good for recording. I'll have to get a belly up sports. Uh, it's good for a flag straight jacket too. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're living with your mom in quarantine, <laughs> yeah. I I mean, I just go to. Uh, college about 15 20 minutes away so i'm i don't live on campus anywhere so i've been stuck here hopefully only about a year two years left of this but <laughs> it's all good houston it's all good i was just curious i was just curious houston houston looking at dave ramsey you'll love him i i wish i would have followed him earlier in life dave ramsey uh <laughs> oh i know 
Maybe if we get some more uh, Texas A&M watchers on here, I <laughs> we could uh, pay off some student debt here a little bit quicker. <laughs> Drop the mic. God, dog. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, close it out. Yeah. As we're closing out, though, Dan Houston, let everyone know what we're working on behind the scenes to you know, further our fantasy football careers and then helping everyone else that's supporting us out. Yes, yeah, so one thing to be out and look for a uh, group of 10 of us or so, including Chris and Dan, we're uh, getting our own uh, 2020 uh, Belly Up Fantasy Sports Draft Guide centric to your uh, redraft co- leagues, of course. Maybe if this one does successful, we'll get one off for Dynasty Leagues next year, but it's going to have fantasy outlook for each team, uh, our own projections that will. Uh, between half point PPR, full point standard leagues. Uh, we also are going to add in IDP for your IDP players out there. That's kind of a league that's uh, increasing as we continue. We've seen tight end premium, super flex. Now we have IDP. The different kinds of leagues are always going to grow, and we're here to serve you with those purposes. We're going to give you sleepers, bust, deep sleepers, our breakout candidates, and much more with their draft guides. So be out to look for that. We're working hard on it. We're going to deliver something that, you for a good price and you're gonna get a lot of value with a lot of content hope you to bring uh what should we call the belly up fantasy live championship to your home there you go that works love it love it tom dan houston zach guys it's been fun thanks for the insight uh can't wait to do this next week everyone who's viewing make sure you follow belly up sports for our own take on what's going on in the current sports world belly up football for what's up to date and current with the nfl and then also belly up fantasy for the ever-changing landscape of fantasy football uh but for everyone who's watching us and viewing us at home who's loving us guys tell everyone where they can follow you and find your own works uh for your own personal stuff at exact mac for me uh at Puck Puck Pass, if I mean obviously football is your number one sport, but if hockey is your number two sport, check out Puck Puck Pass. Talk about hockey. We go live on Wednesdays, so check that out. But other than that, it's just belly up sports. Yeah, so I decided to go get a little bit on brand. I switched my Twitter handle to Belly Up Houston, a little bit easier to follow me there. So give me a follow at Belly Up Houston. Let's go. There you go. Belly up, Tom. We're keeping it real easy here for everyone. Uh, check us out. Roast us. I mean, I know I come in here with some of the hot takes out of, out of you guys. I think I'm I'm putting people way higher, way lower than they could be in these rankings. So, uh, you know, come at me. Roast me. I don't care. I'll take it. I'm probably the most complicated one of the group because I have the other podcast going on. But at MDSFF Show on Twitter, we have news updates that I correlate with Belly Up Fantasy on a regular basis as well to make sure you guys have all the angles that you need uh, with all the players that you might be playing with dynasty leagues or looking to prepare for your drafts. And of course also available on Facebook at MDFF show had a show come out earlier this afternoon, coaching changes, fancy impact part one. Uh, we had Robbie on from the run boys network. He was great. there. We had a great show today. And then we're going to be back next week with the part two for that to wrap it all up. So that's what you got going on with me, Dan Mater for the MD's Fantasy football show. Everyone who's listening, I do recommend Dan's show, MD Nation. Uh, I'm a part of the nation. I love it. I get my pretty much everything I do from him. Uh, he's pretty good, and he's like the underground <laughs> guy that no one knows about. <laughs> uh, but for everyone, <laughs> but everyone who's at home, you can follow me, uh, AEKDB, at Aggie Kappa Sig. I'm always on the belly up stuff. Uh, follow me. Uh, I'll follow back. 
uh, everyone meet us here for the next for next week while we give you our takes on the guys who aren't in the top 10 or 20, uh, our favorite our guys. Uh, we've got some really good guys that we've been talking about that can help y'all out with y'all's fantasy football drafts, uh, later rounds who are so good. Um, guys that I didn't even think of until I talked to these guys. Uh, but guys, this is Fantasy Football Live. I'm Chris Pinto. Thank you for supporting us. Thank you for watching us. Thanks for following, and we'll see y'all next week. Love y'all. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF.